Welcome to This Midlife in Bold, a podcast dedicated to women in the middle who want to redefine midlife and uncover what's possible for them in their second act. A bold midlife woman is someone who is 40, 50, 60, even 70 years old and beyond, who wants to be unapologetically unafraid to live the life she wants instead of a life she settles for. Each episode is a midlife mindset dose of motivation, encouragement, and inspiring stories of courage from the host and her guest on how to overcome obstacles and fear to create and live a bold midlife without regrets. Lucia has made a bold transformation in her own midlife years, with her health, her career, and more. She is a master midlife mindset coach, CEO of Midlife in Bold, Inc., and creator of the Midlife Without Regrets Method, a 12-week program designed to help women get unstuck and overcome their fear of change so that they can finally live life on their terms. And now, here's your host, Lucia. Well, hello and welcome back, listeners. If this is your first time joining me on this Midlife in Bold podcast, welcome. Today, I am back with another powerful interview. And actually, I think I need to just stop calling them interviews because they are powerful conversations with women in the middle. And today's is no exception. My guest today is Jennifer Greenwood, and Jennifer is sharing her personal story of bravery. And I had this aha moment after the interview. And again, when I listened to it um, a second or third time, I lost track of how many times I heard the recording before I uh, pressed publish on this podcast. But I had the aha moment that something she said in there in the interview that you'll hear over and over is something that I think women in the middle often discount. And that is that she was resourceful or she is resourceful. And I think that is something that we forget. We forget how much life we have actually lived by the time we get to be 50, 60, 70. And so I'm just so excited and energized and motivated by Jennifer's story, by her willingness to be vulnerable and share what she's been through and excited for Jennifer's future. And the whole point of me bringing these conversations to you uh, is so that you can also find strength in numbers, to know you're not alone, to know that there are other women out there who um, are reinventing themselves after heartache, after loss, after abusive relationships, and so much more. So without further ado, let's go right into the conversation with Jennifer Greenwood. Well, I'm so excited to have with us today, Jennifer Greenwood, who will share all about her story. And Jennifer, let's just start. Why don't you take it away? Give the listeners a little bit of information about who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lucia. I really appreciate getting to speak to you and your listeners today. My name is Jennifer Greenwood. I am a solo mom to two amazing kids. I work full-time for an international company, but I am also starting my own business. I'm a yoga teacher, a life coach, a wellness coach, a reflexologist, a Reiki practitioner. I love all things health-related, and I am currently living in the beautiful Okanagan Valley of British Columbia in Canada. I was born on Vancouver Island, also in British Columbia in 1968. I am definitely in midlife. I am currently 52. 
I lived on the island until 1999 when I made a big change to my life and moved to the Okanagan where I did not know a soul, but my partner at the time had grown up here. And so this is where we landed and it's where I'm staying. I do love it. We get all four seasons and I get to play outside all year long. Um, and it's funny because I am a nature baby at heart, but I grew up in the suburbs. I spent most of my life in what I call a big city, Victoria, British Columbia. Um, and yet I didn't tap into that nature baby part of myself as often as I feel I should have. And especially after I had my children, I had my first child at age 33, my second at age 35. Um, we didn't do much outdoors, even though we live, you know, in like an absolutely beautiful part of the world where we've got mountains and lakes and rivers. We stuck close to home. Um, and the more I think about it now, I realize how hard that was on my soul and my sense of identity being mm. almost housebound, very strange. Um, and yeah, in 2012, came to the uncomfortable realization that the kids and I were living in an abusive home. And mm -hmm. it seems, it might sound strange to you and your listeners. I really had no clue. I really didn't realize what was going on. Um, gaslighting, uh, psychological and emotional abuse was rampant in our home. Mm -hmm. And I guess it kind of was a slow build. It's like that analogy Mm, you, um, if you throw a frog into a pot of boiling water, it'll jump right out. But if you put it in a cool pot of water and then slowly turn up the heat, it'll boil to death. Yeah, it was kind of like that situation. And it was really when my daughter became the target of verbal abuse that I got all mama bearish and thought, mm. Oh, that, that's not going to happen. And still didn't even realize that it was happening to me or not thinking that it was wrong that it was happening to me. And it was terrifying to leave. Um, yeah. Prior to that, I had never understood why women who were in abusive relationships, and let me say like prior to that, I thought abuse only meant getting hit. And I never right. got hit, but I yeah. experienced all the other kinds of abuse. It's, it's scary to leave. I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. So I did not work outside the home and I had to figure out what I was going to do to support me and the kids. Yeah. We, um, when we left, we, we had currently owned two properties and our renters had moved out of one. So the kids and I quickly moved into the rental home. And then of course it promptly sold in two months and we had to find somewhere new to live. <laughs> of course. Um, but we got really lucky and found a really great basement suite with a supportive single mom with her three kids upstairs. And it was a good, safe place for us to move. I started working part-time for an arts council. And I've worked with artists since I was in my 20s. I'm an artist myself. Um, and... Let's see. Wow, Jennifer, we could we could just pause there for a minute because, okay, sure. you know, no, I, I you know I want you, of course, to keep going. And, you know, the whole goal of of us doing this and, and every listener I bring on my podcast is so I I want other women in the middle to see themselves, you know, in 
in my guests and you mm -hmm. have just shared so much um, in this short, you know, segment of just how powerful, how powerful you are and how much you've overcome, you know, starting with, you know, back to 1999, you know, so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you shared, if you don't mind, because sure. I think, you know, so much of what you shared is happening to other women and they don't see themselves as powerful enough to get out of the situation that you were able to get yourself out of. And as mm -hmm. you shared, you're, you know, you're doing a lot, you're working full-time, you're building a business, you have two children, you know, we've been in a pandemic for a year, <laughs> you know, all of that. Right. And so yeah. when you talked about, it was scary to leave, um, now looking back, what would you say was the biggest, you know, lesson that you learned about yourself in having to take that huge leap of faith really to you know protect you and your children what was the biggest lesson you learned about yourself that you could share i'm i realized how courageous i can be mm. and how resourceful i can be i knew that even if it meant having to work three jobs then that's what i was going to do and to be honest there have been times when i have done that um but our health and our happiness and especially our mental health meant more than financial security, which I left. Yeah. I, I left financial security. And when we officially parted ways and we had all of the mediation and the financial settlement, I ended up taking far less than I was entitled to because I was afraid and I was tired of being afraid. Yeah. And I knew that he would leave us alone if I didn't push it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I want to touch on that again. You, you know, just I'm getting chills hearing your story uh, because I think that you represent so many women who are afraid for a number of reasons, right? Whether it's to leave a toxic relationship or abusive relationship, to leave a job, to leave a long marriage that really nothing's wrong with, but it just, they're more friends than, you know, lovers anymore. Right. Which so I've done that too. Yeah. This was my second marriage. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So much fear. Right. So you talked about the financial hit and I want to touch upon that a little bit because um, as listeners who've been with me for a while, know I have a lot of um, material I've shared with you in the past about my own financial struggles and my money mindset blocks and for me, my courage was leaving a six-figure salary and a 20-year career behind. Um, that honestly was toxic. So not the same as what you experienced, but in its own form, toxic and not fulfilling and soul-sucking and all those things, right? And a lot of people say, I can't believe you did that. And people find it strange that you would give up that financial security. Uh, a lot of times, especially at this age, when we're you know in our second act, as I like to say, headed towards retirement, um, and people are afraid to, you know, take those risks when there's financial, a financial element at stake, whether that's starting over in a new industry with a new career or investing in a program like to be a yoga teacher or a coach or to get mm -hmm. coached. Right. And so, but you talked a lot, you talked uh, briefly about the mental health piece being so much more important. So how, what's the, what is the, what was the practicality like for you of giving up that financial security? Like, what did you have to sacrifice and how, regardless of what you had to sacrifice, how did you see your mental health for you and your kids improve? You know, like what, what was the reality? You mentioned three jobs, like 
at any time did you think this isn't worth it? You know, like, what was that like for you? No, I never thought it wasn't worth it because like hindsight is 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, I, when we were still in, in our toxic home with the kid's dad and I'm, I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but everybody's got their own issues and it comes out in the relationships and maybe he was aware, maybe he wasn't aware of what was going on, but we were not doing well, none of us. Um, I, I, I was barely me. I was, I was barely anything. I was merely existing. And um, at its worst, when I, I didn't know what to do and I, I would never take action because um, of things that have happened in my life with my own family. But I would get to go, for, I would get to go for a walk just to be by myself once in a while for like maybe 40 minutes. And it did cross my mind. Oh, I could step out in front of this car. It's going really fast. And that would be that. But then yeah. I would be like, well, I can't do that to my kids. And that would be really mean to the driver. So that's not going to happen. But why am I feeling like this? Right. And so then it started to bubble up. Like there was nothing left of Jen, who I, yeah. who I'd always been. All I did was the kids stuff and looking after the husband and looking after the house, my world was getting smaller and smaller and yeah the 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 mental and emotional abuse I had zero self-confidence and so as I said it was when I saw the verbal abuse being directed at my daughter she was getting blamed for whatever was wrong in the house and I was like no that is not going to be how it is for her so I just knew that whatever I had to do I would do And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but it was going to happen. Right. And you, and Mm -hmm. I always say all success starts with that decision. So that was your decision. And, and, you know, luckily you did see that reflected in your daughter, not Mm -hmm. that it's a good thing, but it was, it was the mirror you needed, right. The reflective mirror you needed to say, oh no, you know, I'm not going to let that happen to my daughter. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and in terms of you saying things like merely existing and I had lost Jen, I mean, that's literally my ideal client. Most of the time they come (laughs) to me like that. And, you know, again, whether you're uh, married, not married, divorced, widowed, kids, no kids, 20 years into a job trying to figure it out. I think there are so many women in the middle who are merely existing and there is so much fear. Yeah. Um, and the fear is real, right? There's the fear mm-hmm. of financial insecurity. There's the fear of leaving your close comfort of circle, even if that circle's not good for you. Yeah. Right. Um, and so as humans, we crave that safety and security and certainty and you taking a huge risk like that, you had none of that, mm-hmm. but you knew that your mental health was clearly suffering. And, you know, the thought you had about stepping out in front of the car like you knew that that's not a healthy thought, right? You, no, you know, right? Not. And I, you know, I've shared the story before as well. When I had a, a you know, a breakdown uh, in 2007, I emailed my principal at the time and just said, I need time away. I just don't know that it matters that I exist anymore. And even when I typed that sentence, I knew, yeah, this is the right thing to do because mm-hmm. that's a ridiculous thought. Of course, it matters that you're here, but you having that thought is not healthy. Um, and so I think, you know, we have to get to our lowest point so many times in life. And sometimes we get to that low point more than once. You know, yeah. I always say, sometimes I learn the same lesson over and over. It keeps um, reappearing until we get it. <laughs> exactly. But I think, um, I would say the number, one of the number one fears that women this age, our age have 
in starting over and whatever that starting over is, like I said, whether it's a new relationship, new work is the money, mm-hmm. you know, so let's, and you talked about being resourceful, which um, is something I think that women forget, right? Women this age, like, my gosh, you've been through so much. You know how to raise kids. You've worked, you've survived, you know, multiple relationships. So let's talk about that resourcefulness. Like, what did that look like for you? Um, You mentioned working multiple jobs, you know, what did that look like for you financially? Like at at what point did you realize I'm going to have to do X, Y, and Z because I, I need the money, you know, and what did that look like for you? Um, it was, it was a slow build because I did have a cushion, um, our, our financial settlement, it was, it was, uh, we'd done well in the real estate market. So I knew I had enough to buy my own home, which I'm super proud to say that I did buy my own home, um, when I was 45 and I own it, not me and somebody else. Well, me and the bank, um, (laughs) So I had a cushion, I had a little bit of savings. I knew that I could, you know, make do for a while while I figured things out. Um, and when I was 44, so a year after we, we started out on our own, I was able to take my yoga teacher training, which was an investment. But I also knew that where I live, there was great opportunity to teach yoga. It's something I love to do. I discovered yoga when I was nine. Nobody else in my family had done it. I just came across a TV show on a rainy Saturday morning and mm-hmm. stuck with it. Um, I've got great office admin experience. You know, prior to having children, I worked for colleges and universities in, the, in their administration offices. I don't know. I just believe... So- that I would do what I had to do. So you took stock of everything that not only you had um, to your advantage, like office Mm. skills, but I love what you said about, I took this investment Mm -hmm. into yoga training because I saw opportunity. And that is where I think the, I'm gonna call it short-sightedness occurs a lot of times with women who are financially struggling, Mm -hmm. yet they feel stuck and they they know they need to make a change. They won't make that investment, right? Because they they can't see the opportunity and it is hard, right? so listeners, for those of you that don't know, Jennifer and I met through our coaching program, you know, which was a big investment for us. Mm-hmm. It's a business coaching program. And, you know, the opportunities that an investment opens up for you is not just the actual product you get out of the investment, but it's the people you meet, like this lovely midlife woman I'm interviewing today, 100% right? That, I, that I've never met you. except for social media, right? And you know, it, it opens up a new path, an idea, um, connecting with like-minded people, right? If you're making an investment in your future, let's say it's education or training, or you're working with a nutritionist or a coach or uh, any other professional, financial advisor, right? It's all going to be leading you on a path of opportunity. But when you're so in it, when you're so stuck and the credit cards are maxed out and, you know, you're having trouble, trouble juggling the electric bill with the groceries, with the kids' school supplies, you can't see the opportunity, right? At at least that is the case with really hard, hard, right? And so being resourceful, I love that word because not only does it mean, you know, being scrappy, as I like to say, and working (laughs) as many jobs and, and looking at multiple streams of income as much as you need to, it also means like, maybe having to be a little humble and borrowing from people, right? Like I borrowed Mm -hmm. my investment from, you know, a family member who I would think would be the least 
likely to loan me money in order to get to where I wanted to be in terms of my own investment. So yeah, I think being resourceful is a trait that a lot of women who are down and out or just merely existing, as you said, mm -hmm. often don't, they, they don't see it. And so, you know, part of the message here that I hope listeners hear is that here's, here's Jen who, you know, has two kids, is clearly being mentally, you know, abused and is doing whatever she needs to do, investing in her future, working multiple jobs uh, in order to, you know, feel better mentally and physically. And that's really what this, this message is for, my message is for women is that you don't have to be on the same path just because you've been on it. There are options. And just because you're 50, 52, 55, 60, doesn't mean you have to settle. And so that's one of the reasons I chose Jennifer to come on the show today, because I knew after talking to her that her background is inspiring and you are truly inspiring, Jen. And, and I agree, being resourceful and what you just said, not staying on the same path because you've always been on that path. Um, last year, 2020, my word at the end of the year, I don't even remember what my word at the beginning of the year was, but <laughs> at the end of the year, it was pivot because I had thought, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. Everything went sideways, pivot. Things get challenging again, pivot again. So, and it also helps you realize, um, you know, how dedicated, how passionate you are about what you're working towards. And it's okay if people think that they're want to do one thing and then they're like, eh, maybe not so much. That's just getting clarity. Yeah. Oh, I love that you said that because I just had a coaching call but this morning before uh, before we got on this interview and the woman I'm coaching who have been coaching for a couple of years, she's I think going to be 62 this March maybe, was widowed, you know, when she was 40. And so, you know, lots of life tragedy and whatnot. And, you know, she moved to a new city uh, right at the beginning of this, you know, whole debacle. And, you know, life didn't turn out the way she had hoped, obviously, this year, like it did for, for a lot of us. <laughs> and she is going through some, you know, uh, a process right now where she's sort of changing her mind on, you know, rules that she used to live by, let's just say, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that um, I am someone who's pivoted a lot before 2020, you know, and just changed direction, whether it's changing careers, moving, changing my entire business model, uh, you know, moved to two states in two years. And people, I think, see that as like, I'm a lost soul or I'm searching or I'm looking for happiness. And I, you know, I can't be, you know, satisfied. And I see it as I'm entitled to change my opinion and my mind. Yeah. And when I know better, I do better. And like you said, I'm seeking clarity. Like I'm trying on my life for size versus letting my life uh, take over. Like I'm an active participant. And for me, that's what it looks like, right? It means pivoting and trying things on and joining this program and investing in that and trying this city and that city. And, and that's okay, you know? But I think that for some people who are rooted in their comfort zone what I do what you do looks really scary <laughs> and yeah. it is it yeah. is there's a lot of uncertainty uh I'm not you know I'm not going to say that there isn't but I think that 
for me, if you're in the personal growth game, which both you and I are, right? Mm -hmm. uh, personally, as well as professionally, right? That's what we do for a living. Yeah. There is no end game until I'm six feet under. And, you know, not to sound morbid, <laughs> but like, and I'm sure there's a beautiful afterlife I don't know anything mm -hmm. about. But for this life that we're, you know, blessed to live right now, I'm going to keep trying things on for size and, and seek that clarity. And that, you know, that seems like what, you know, you've done as well and continue to do. Absolutely. And and so one of the things when I became a yoga teacher, and I was already a, a Reiki master and a reflexologist at that point, but I hadn't been practicing. And so I did in person for the first couple of years. And then more and more spas, more and more studios were opening up. And I don't live in a huge community. So the the, the pot of clientele got thinner and thinner with every every new place that opened. And you know, hats off to everybody who wants to try making a go in the wellness field but I started to realize well first of all I'm having to work nights and weekends which is tough because my kids are still quite young because that's when everybody else wasn't working and they could come to classes or you know appointments right and that was when I realized I need to shift online because I can reach more people that I can help it will work better in in my my schedule with my family and, and what my priorities are. And so I started to try to figure out how to do that. And it's definitely been a process and there is so much to learn all the time. Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's exactly, and then of course, last year, 2020, almost everything had to go online, right? So I knew I was, I was definitely in the right direction. I was, you know, and I've got my program ready and right. I'm getting ready to teach yoga online. But I also have to say, one of the things I love, and you have to be, you don't have to be, I highly encourage people to be open to new things, unexpected things, things you never thought you would do. Four years ago, I was approached to teach goat yoga at a local oh heritage gosh, ranch. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, goat yoga, what? And, but it was, you know, a great opportunity. It was outside. I prefer to do my yoga outside. Same here. Um, and so I said, well, can I meet the goats? Cause I don't really know goats. <laughs> So I did. That's hilarious. It is the most fun class ever. You can't yeah, leave in a I've bad heard, mood. I've heard. I, I, I don't never know that I'd be thought, interested, but I've yeah, heard. I yeah. never would have thought that I would be teaching goat yoga. And it's my favorite thing to do in the summertime now. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I, just yeah. Open. I love that. One of the um, word of the year for a woman uh, that I'm coaching is open. That's her word. Mm. And so, yeah, I love that. And I think that, uh, I think that people, women our age specifically in our age range, don't see the possibilities for themselves and it's not their fault, right? They've been yeah. busy working, providing, putting everyone else's dreams first, as I like to say, right? Like yes. taking every ounce of extra penny they have and putting into their daughter's dance lessons or their kids' hockey lessons and then running from arena to arena, studio to studio. And, you know, uh, you know, perhaps the husband or spouse travels and they, the one that has the, you know, boring nine to five job at home, but it's stable mm -hmm. and they need that. Right. And then they get yeah. to this point and they're like, what's next, you know? And, I hear all the time, well, no one's hiring and no one's hiring at my age, right? And that couldn't be furthest from the truth. Um, mm -hmm. The women I'm coaching, I'd say out of all the women, at least 50% are in the process of looking for new work and getting interviews and getting recruiters calling them. And, you know, and so it, it, it takes a coach like myself or yourself, depending on, you know, the client and to say, here's what's possible, right? Here's yeah. what's possible and to not be afraid. And, I think also 
you forget all the stuff you've been through, right? Like, oh my gosh, you know, yes. <laughs> like you've been, you said you were married twice, right? You've been a mother, you know, at this age there, you know, I myself have, you know, buried two parents, uh, you know, relationships lost, friends lost, uh, you know, the women I coach job lost, spouse lost, you know, um, you know, unfortunately some have lost children, like, you know, the worst horrific Mm-hmm. thing any woman could ever go through any parent right and yet we're afraid to like look for a new job right or move to a new city or yeah you know a try a new weight loss that you know maybe would be successful this time if you had the right tools right and so what would be your message to women in the middle in terms of you know living a life on their terms and not settling what would you say would be an overriding message that if you had something you could share with them you, you, what would, what words of wisdom would you impart, Jen? Well, have faith in yourself. You're, you're stronger and smarter and more creative and resilient than you realize. Um, we, we dread challenges, but our challenges push us into growth and can lead us to amazing new situations. I've, I've met so many incredible people I've gone uh, so many places. I never used, I mean, I never traveled for like 20 years. I didn't go to concerts for 20 years, oh. all these things. And then suddenly it's, it's like a ripple effect. You try, yes. it can be a small step. It doesn't have to be giant and taking your whole life apart all at once. Yeah. One small step can lead you down this amazing new path. Yeah. I love that you said that too. It's like Jennifer's reading my mind this morning, you guys, but yeah, I, you know, it's really just the decision to start and, you know, whether or not you believe in the cosmic force of the universe and energy. And, you know, I always tell clients I'm a little woo, right? So you're going to get that. I'm a a yoga teacher, but I also have the finance background and the business and the teaching and the administrative. So it's a little, a little bit of a blend, but Mm -hmm. it's totally true. When you put yourself out there, whatever that is showing up to the gym for the first time after 30 years of being on your couch, going online to date, uh, even just updating your resume, applying for a job. Like I had someone who changed their LinkedIn profile. Now they have a little uh, hashtag that says open to work because of, you know, the pandemic and uh, all of a sudden recruiters are hitting on her profile. And it's like, yeah, because we work together. And, you know, that was something that I said, let's try it. Right. And so even people who call you for like a session, right. An information session or call me Mm -hmm. for a breakthrough call, whether or not they, they choose to work with me or they choose to work with you. I always say, like I offer a free hour session. I'm sure you do the same thing, like yeah. write a discovery call, breakthrough call. And I'm amazed at how many people don't take me up on it. Like I have over 800 women in the group and it's like, mm-hmm. you should all be breaking down my door to take advantage of my free hour because, you know, my time is valuable and, and who knows what conversation may lead you to think differently, to research a new route. And, um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be all at once. You know, as I like to say, you don't need to go eat, pray, love in a foreign country. You can simply have that experience by taking one small step. And it's like what you said, the ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that analogy. I also use the analogy of like when you redo your house, right? Like you're going to start on the kitchen and just remodel the kitchen. And then you turn and you look and you're like, well, that living room wallpaper is awful. And then you turn and you're like, well, that hall bathroom needs an update, right? And eventually little by little, you start to realize the whole house could use an update and Mm -hmm. you start with just putting new backsplash in the kitchen, right? Tile. So I love that ripple effect and such a great message, such a great message. And so, I mean, I've done it both ways. I've completely dismantled my life twice, at least twice so far. Um, 
and I mean, stuff happens, I'm not gonna lie, but it's usually pretty traumatic. Yep. Um, and then what I, what I teach in my program with my clients is like baby steps, bite-sized pieces. You don't have to do it all at once. Any positive change, any movement in a different direction will lead to more movement and more change. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you said that too. I don't want to uh, be the toxic positivity person because when you do have change, it can be quite traumatic. And mm -hmm. as I like to say, I work with women who either by choice or circumstance, right? Like the choice maybe to leave or the uh, the choice to start over or the circumstance could be leaving a toxic relationship, being suddenly widowed, right? So whichever mm -hmm. way change is traumatic, no matter what you, you yeah. know, I, people are always like, well, you like the changes or you've sought out these changes, Lakia, how can you say it's hard? I'm like, just because I'm seeking changes doesn't mean yeah. I'm not traumatized by them. <laughs> there's, you know, the little T for trauma and the big T, and there's a lot mm -hmm. of little T's and big T's that come with change. As you said, you know, you've uprooted your life twice and mm -hmm that doesn't come with, you know, ease. So I want to recognize that it is, it is hard, but like you said, movement in any direction is movement. Even if it's backwards movement, what I say is when you move forward, you're so much more knowledgeable about what to do, what not to do, who to trust, who not to trust, right? You even backwards movement is movement. I, yeah. I personally felt like I moved backwards you know, when I started my first business model, much like you were saying, uh, Jen, I was a yoga teacher and I was a wellness, you know, coach. And so I did a lot of in-person and that business model didn't transfer to Phoenix when I moved. Right. And I was burnt out and, and, you know, working a lot of hours, nights and weekends. And I, almost like I was a, a shift worker at a factory, right. Cause my clientele was professionals. And so during the day, Sure, it was fine. I had a few, you know, hours to myself, but I needed to switch that model. And I felt like a failure. You know, I felt like I stepped backwards when I had to go back to work full time. Same. It's, to it's reinvent my business. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I feel like such a <laughs> failure, but I knew I wasn't going to give up. As our business coach, Lori Kennedy says, there's no plan B. Right. Yep. We're we're not moving we're on. Gonna we're find gonna a way. Find a way. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, great. Well, let's talk talk to listeners about what it is you do specifically. I know you uh have your full-time job which pays the bills, but let's talk about your passion and your business and what uh what you offer. Well, the program I've created is called the Real Life Reset System, and I work with busy moms around the world who are trying to do everything on their own. Like I mentioned, I've been a solo mom from the get-go, even though I lived with my kid's dad for 10 years. So a solo mom is one to whom most of the parenting falls and the child responsibilities, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a single mom. Some single moms have great support systems. Um, it could be a mom who's been widowed. It can be someone who was in my situation and their partner simply had no interest in parenting. It could be someone who has a partner who works away or is ill. So there's lots of situations in which a mom finds herself basically doing it all and you get exhausted and burnt out. I know from experience. So I work with them to help them lose that endless exhaustion to gain more control over their days and to level up their overall energy so they can do everything they have to do and what they want to do. Well, first um, of all, I love solo versus single because I think what different. you described is so prevalent. And I think of mm -hmm. so many of my friends who um, had kids and whose husbands traveled Monday through Friday, and they felt much like a single parent most of the week, you know, so, yeah. uh, or just in marriages where they are, uh, 
merely existing as the the husband slash dad figure or spouse figure, but not really involved in helping out and doing all the things, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm assuming you you've taken your mess and made this your message. Is this how you came up with yes, your program? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I don't I. T- <laughs> I don't want any other moms to have to go through so many years of, of that exhaustion. Like I, I didn't sleep properly for well over a decade mm-hmm. and that will wear you out no matter how, how much you put into everything else. If your body's not getting that time to rest and recharge, it's really difficult. So there's a whole bunch of layers in, in the program. Um, but it's, it's about empowering moms, helping them find some structure in their seemingly chaotic lives yeah and I I just I love it I don't want anybody to have to go through a decade of what I went through honestly yeah yeah. so it's a it's a 12-week program Jennifer it's a 12-week program I've incorporated a little bit of yoga Um, I am also a promoter for uh, Thrive nutritional supplements which you know, it's an add-on if anybody wants to, and then it's something completely private that I do as well. Right, right. I work with aromatherapy oils. I'm a doTERRA rep. Again, if somebody wants to add that on, I've got all the info for them. I've been playing with aromatherapy and herbs since I was like 10 years old in my grandma's backyard. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's what I love to do. Yeah. Well, and again, you're just such a great role model for my community because it's taking not only your mess uh, and creating that as your message, but showing what's possible, taking all these past skills and interests like playing in your grandma's herb garden at 10. And now here you are using the aromatherapies and oils in the work you do with clients. And so, you know, taking stock or inventory, whatever phrase you'd like to use it, of what it, what is possible based on what you already know and are able to do. Mm-hmm. And when I hear women say, well, I can't change industries now. It's too late. I'll take a pay cut. I think really, you know, like what, you know, think of, I was a school administrator and that is likened to middle management in a company, right? I had a mm-hmm. staff of 400. I had 28 evaluations. I had a budget. I had school board meetings to attend and large mass scale events. And for me to not think any of those skills translated to a corporate job was silly, right? Because although the industries are quite different and the politics are different, there's politics in school, as we've all seen, right? (laughs) And there are still the same elements, right? Project management, relationship building, employee evaluation, um, project deadlines, that kind of thing. And so you know, whether you're a nurse or a real estate or an investor, you know, investment banking, and you want to transition into something, it's like, let's give yourself credit where credit's due. You have some concrete skills here. And if not, go, go invest in yourself and get them. Like I, I, even though I was in education, I probably could have gotten by without getting a coach certificate certificate because I feel like I understand what it means to facilitate change, right? And growth. Mm -hmm. However, I felt better about myself going forward with that. So I invested the $2,000 in the coach training, right? Or whatever it was initially. So I think like you said back a while ago, like that investment and then linking that with the opportunities is really where the mindset shift needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like sacrificing in the short term of the dollars for what the long term outlook could be for yourself. Absolutely. And, and I'll just add, like, um, I, I recently had to leave one one of the many jobs I have that I absolutely <laughs> love. And it's not the first time I've, I've had to leave different 
positions, companies in the past, because it, it was not a healthy place for me to be anymore. Um, so I might be making a little less money. I might be having to work a second job again, doing something that's maybe not my favorite, but I mean, I'm going to do it, but it's not toxic to be there. Yeah, right. So, right. and, and again, I'll just, yeah. your mental health, your, your emotional state, it, it girl, you're preaching really it. I get it. I so mean, important. <laughs> people have, I mean, you know, again, I, I can't speak to everyone's financial situation and whether mm -hmm. or not you're at the point where kids are being put through college or whatever, but I would say that if you are not showing up and you are merely existing in your life, that positive, that toxic energy is also being, um, shared. You're sharing that with your kids, your community, yeah. your spouse, your family. I mean, there's a woman in, uh, that I coach who was a former employee at the school I worked at. And she talks about all the time, how, what a different person I am and how I was so mean to her when I worked at the school. And when she first shared that story with me, cause she's a client now, <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. And, you know, I remember at the time being in therapy and my therapist said, yeah, there's such a thing as situational depression, or, you know, your anger is related to this, you know, you're feeling trapped and you're in this toxic environment. And yeah. so, yes, I went from a six figure salary and I had a, a, a year of what I thought was a sizable amount of savings, which in reality was not, but you know, you know, don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And I went to teaching yoga at $30 a class and, you know, scraping by, but I also made so many sacrifices for things that I uh, didn't at the time realize you know, I could do without like the manicure every week or the pedicure or the, mm -hmm. like I get my, I got my hair done twice a week or twice, twice a year. I lived in yoga pants. So I didn't need a lot of clothes, you know, that kind of thing. I didn't yeah. go out to the hundred dollar weekend dinners in the city because I lived in Chicago at the time. Right. And there, mm -hmm. and, and I had that conversation with friends and family, like I'm going to make this change. I won't be able to do Christmas. Like I used to, I won't be able to do dinners every week, but like every six weeks I can plan for some big outing. Right. And so right. when people talk about all the sacrifices they had to make, uh, in 2020, and I don't mean the frontline workers or, you know, people in that, mm -hmm. I, I was like, I've already lived this life. Like I'm already, yeah. I've already used to that, you know, and Scaling the thing is, again. it's a quality of life. Like for me, I couldn't do that job one more year, much less 15 years, which was what I needed to stay in to reach what would be a full pension in the state of Illinois at the time. And I thought, I won't make it. I'll be back mm -hmm. in the hospital. I'll be back mm -hmm. in, you know, severe depression and therapy. And so there's no dollar amount that I think you would agree that you can put on yeah. your mental health. And I, even to the point where if I had to live with someone for a while, and mm -hmm. suck it up and say, you know what, I'm gonna have to sell all my shit and move into someone's basement with a lot of basements in Chicago and live yeah. with you for six months or a year till I figure this shit out. I'm okay with that. And Same. so, you know, I think you have to realize what your own bottom out is, right? Mm -hmm. If that is not something you're willing to do, then it's a trade-off. Right. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, we've all got different priorities, right? Right. Uh, we've all got different backgrounds and situations. So you, you have to check in and, and be true to you, but right. you also have to value yourself. Yes. The message is, you know, there is possibility and opportunity if you choose to see it. Right. I yes, think that, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I always love to end these podcast episodes with asking you what your big dreams and goals are. And then I'll ask you uh, about the bold manifesto as well. So what, what would you say is, you know, your immediate sort of big dream or goal for yourself, Jen? 
My big dream right now is to, uh, well, I, I want to increase my practice, my online program to help more and more women. And I love that I can do it online so they can tune in from wherever in the world they are when it works for them because yes. the mom life is busy. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's my, my immediate goal as you know, we both finished our program recently. So I've got everything in place and I'm excited about it. Uh, I love to talk. So I'm going to start doing podcasts. I'm awesome. a natural born performer and a writer. So I have no problem getting up and speaking. Um, <clears throat> and I think I didn't, I didn't come to podcasts. Oh, until like two years ago, I was like, podcast, what's that? I can mul- I can be doing my dishes and listening to a podcast. Sometimes when I'm, you know, working in the spreadsheet, I can be listening to your podcast. It's such a great way to connect with people and share information and experiences. So I'm excited about that. Can't and wait. I just, I'm a writer. I've been writing since I was eight, writing stories. I, I got a pretty, I got a pretty interesting story. In <laughs> yeah. Me. So um, I've, I've got a draft for a, a nonfiction piece that I want to start working on and I want to hopefully knock it out in the next year and a bit. Well, I freaking love all those dreams and I will be the first to listen to that podcast and the first to sign up for that book, my friend. Um, you have no idea. I'm like jumping out of my skin. So excited. Uh, I know listeners can't see us. We're on a zoom right now and I'm just smiling from ear to ear. Cause I'm so enthused by what I'm hearing from you. Um, well, let's talk about bold. So as you know, my brand midlife and bold is, um, all about living your life, brave, optimistic, limitless, and taking that decisive action in midlife. So which of those elements do you most resonate with and why? Uh, well, right now, and before I actually realized that you had all of those words attached to your bold, I had chosen the word brave for mm-hmm. my word for 2021, because I am one of those people, I pick a word for the year. Yeah, I love um, it. And it's not like I haven't had to be brave already in my life. That's just something I do. And when being brave doesn't mean you don't feel fear. It just means you acknowledge the fear and you find a way to move through it or past it. So I did a lot of things that took bravery last year and I've made so much progress I feel personally and professionally because of that and I want to keep that momentum going so that's that's my focus right now is brave resonates the most with me oh I love that yes this we're just in sync here Jen (laughs) Um, well and before we wrap up tell listeners how they can find you get a hold of you where they can follow you and I'll make sure to include all of that contact information in the show notes as well Absolutely. So my business is called Breeze Wellness, and I do have a Facebook page. My website is breezewellnessbc.com because I'm in British Columbia. I'm on Instagram at Healthy Gen Breeze Wellness. Um, my program is called the Real Life Reset System, and you will be able to either message me on Facebook or Instagram to find out more. And as Lucia does, I offer 45 minute to an hour long clarity calls to help moms figure out if it's a good fit for them. Yeah, so perfect. I look forward to hearing from anybody who wants yeah. to check things out. Well, I, you know, I'm truly a believer that there's a space for all women and, you know, uplifting women of all ages, but specifically this age group. So I was happy to have you on today to offer this 
platform so that you could then share this with your community and your clients and your listeners and, you know, bring you uh, all the abundance that you so deserve coming your way this year and moving forward, Jen. So thank thank you so much. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for spending time with us today. Thanks, Lucia. Listeners, if you're a woman in the middle and you are in need of community, connection, collaboration, support, encouragement, all of the above, I'd love it if you join me in my online community, Midlife Women Making Change Without Fear. Every day I am in the group active, posting things on Wednesdays. I go live with a free training and offer all kinds of useful tools, tips, and again, just that community that so many of us are seeking in this age. So I've got the group linked in the show notes. Feel free to click on that link and join us. You'll just have to answer a few questions to make sure, of course, you're not a bot. And that's it. I'd love to see you in the group. So come join me.